Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. New faces this morning as well. Uh, my name is James, one of the pastors here. Welcome those who are tuning in on YouTube. Uh, you know, I think I had about 70 pies in my face yesterday. You know, 70. Some of you threw them, and it was amazing. Uh, just want to say thank you. We had a great drive through yesterday for some of the kids, and they got to pie the pastor, so it was really, really good. Uh, a few things I just want to highlight before we get into this, uh, this morning's sermon. Uh, your kids over in the kids' ministry might be coming home with uh, Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Uh, and so we've just partnered with North Shore Alliance. Uh, they are just driving that ministry, which is so cool. These kids all over the world get these shoe boxes full of Christmas toys, and it's what they look forward to uh, around this time. It just shares Jesus' love. So, if you, you know, if that wasn't on your budget list this, uh, this coming in November... Just pray about it. It'd be awesome. We're going to do that a little bit. And then uh, next Sunday, so after the gathering, uh, both in person and online, we're having a members class. Uh, just want to ask that you would uh, sign up for that. So if you go to the website, you can see the members class icon. Uh, if you're interested in learning, you know, what we believe, where we're going, what does it mean to be a part of the shore with all of your gifts and all that, that's next week. So please sign up for that. Um... It's November 1st, so you can listen to Christmas music. It's officially allowed, you know. All things you want to hear from your pastor before we get to the text. Um, let me say this today. So now, have, if you have your Bible, go, go ahead and open it to 2 Corinthians. This is where we are today. Uh, chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 7 to 12. So go ahead and go there. And as you do, uh, we're going to be looking at a phrase that some of us would recognize by the 90s Christian band, Jars of Clay. Okay, anybody remember Teresa Clay? Yes. Yep. She thanks her Jesus for the daisies. Anyone? Come on. You're welcome. That'll be in your head all day. Uh, all right, let's read the passage, then we'll pray and get into it. Here we go. So this is, this is uh, picking up in verse 7. But we have this treasure. Okay, so let me quickly explain. In the last few weeks, this treasure that he's referring to is the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Christ. This treasure that he's talking about is the Spirit's new life within us who is always beholding Christ and forming us and, and just applying his righteousness, communion with him. We are now part of the kingdom of God. It's this living, dynamic power of Christ in us continually as we behold Jesus, we have this treasure. So there was so much in the last few sermons, but he's just saying this treasure, all I've been saying, we have within us. So, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but... Not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, 
but life in you. Let me pray. Ah, Father, we we love your word. We we want like like it's you know it's it's amazing to be gathered like this or be watching this and have this anticipating of like I want to know the Bible more and I I know that's because we want to know you more we want to experience you and so I just ask that we would meet with a person this morning that we would that you by your spirit would let all other motivations fall away and that we would want to meet with Jesus as we just sang I just I I pray that those words were were not sung in vain. That like what we want is you. That all we need is you. And I just, I pray that, Lord, as we uh, hear from your word, I ask that you would pour out your spirit. I pray for just an anointing of gifts over me. That there would be power I just confess that there's no adequacy in me. There's just, it's, it has to be a demonstration of the Spirit. And I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and enter into those places in people's souls right now that are perplexed, that are, are afflicted, that are under persecution, that feel like they're being struck down. I just pray you'd come and be with us and that this sermon would bring with your power a healing word. I ask for clarity of speech in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, when you read, or with me, you read that description, of Paul's experience of being jars of clay, which he's referring to his own body and the frailty of it. Um, I, you know, I don't know what, how that sits with you. Like, does that comfort you? When you read that, do you, do you go, ah, yeah, you know what, I feel like that. Um, and if, if it doesn't comfort you, that's okay. I, I, I think the Lord would want to show you why it doesn't. But uh, let me just, before we get into our points this morning, let me just say what's really encouraging, at least for me, is the beginning line. It says, we have this treasure. Like, you have this treasure. Uh, you can't lose this treasure in jars of clay. Um, and so we got to praise God for that. It doesn't mean the road's going to be easy, as we'll look in this text together. Uh, but no matter how intense, no matter how hard uh, life can press down on us, we have this treasure. It's, it's still alive. It's, it's unbound. Like it's the gospel power for, for others to save and for Christ to transform us is just this ever-increasing uh, glory, renewing power. We're going to see more of that next week, but we just got to be encouraged. Let me show you one verse in 2 Timothy. Uh, Paul says this, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David is preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But, what does he say? The word of God is not bound. It's not bound. 
It's still going. This gospel is bearing fruit. This treasure message of the gospel of the glory of Christ in the face of Jesus is never bound. It's always growing, even when you're chained, and even as it's getting out. That's exciting. Very encouraging. No matter what you face, this treasure is ever increasing. You're always moving. You're always going to become like Jesus and will one day be fully like him. Um, so yeah, so here's where we're going. If you're taking notes, uh, I, wa- I want to show us three things. Number one, being a jar of clay full of God's power is awesome, okay? I couldn't get a cooler point than that, so you're welcome. It's awesome. Being a jar of clay is awesome. Second, I want us all to just sit in Paul's description of what will mark a ministry of power. The reason I want us all just sitting in, and we're going to unpack that passage slow, slower, those verses a little slower, is because um, we're all not going to have the same application as we sit in it. And I want to ask the Father to minister to you where you're at. Um, but that's the second point. So what will mark a ministry of power? And then number three, uh, how do we make sense of this attitudinal posture? So Paul says, like, we, death in us, so life in you. How do we as believers, do we embrace kind of this attitudinal posture? Uh, I, I want everything, no matter what it, it costs me in loss, in suffering, that Christ's life be manifested in you. How do we embrace death in us, so life in them? So that's where we're going. So being a jar of clay is awesome. Okay, number two, what will mark a ministry of power and embracing death in us so life in them. So number one, being a jar of clay full of God's power is awesome. It's awesome not only because the power is God's power in us and it's this abounding presence within us and it's this gospel message that comes through and his, his kingdom that we're invited into in which we move and live and have our being. This power is awesome um, that it's in jars of clay because here's what's happening. If you've ever thought, Jesus, I'm inadequate. If you've ever thought, uh, I'm not impressive enough for God to use me. And then all the jars of clay excuses come out. You know, I'm too old. I forget everything. And I'm not as articulate as that person. And that person's way smarter. And they got different gifts. If you've ever thought, um, you know, all the deficiencies that you, that you list out. Like, I, I, you know, I don't talk about Jesus like such and such. And, and um, I, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just this little old jar of clay. It's, it's amazing that the power is still in that jar of clay, which means that's not a good excuse. And we need this especially for many of us who, instead of looking at Jesus and the treasure and holding on to what he says about you, um, we fall into this trap of, of self-introspection. I've been talking about this a bit, but when you go to pray or when you go to share the gospel of the glory of Christ. How many of you, instead of praying to God, you analyze yourself the whole time? Like, you know, you're just like, you analyze your motive for praying, you analyze your prayer. And so instead of releasing his light and trusting in the power of God within you and the power of the gospel to save, uh, you substitute that subjective feeling about yourself for the objective gift of God's power or God's listening, because he really is, as we saw last year, his loving ear. 
These are all jars of clay things. Sure, if you are uh, on your knees hating yourself or, or just always thinking about how uh, not qualified you are, you're not likely to look up and out of the depressed self to receive from God or, or give the life of Jesus out. And you, we have to remember when any, when we are about to be the kingdom of God and, and we have this power in jars of clay, always remember Paul's life. What was he doing? If you've ever thought like, you know, James, you don't know my thought life and, 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 the, and the, all the promptings of the flesh this week were so bad and I can't seem to, uh, I can't be used by God. Just think of Paul's life. Think about where he was when Jesus came to save him. So here's the truth. Let me just say this. We all face the same reality that in that we are jars of clay. We're all jars of clay. We're all, our bodies are all getting exhausted. We're all getting older, you know. Uh, I have like, uh, and, uh, it's like, I don't know what kind of cream it is. I think it's like broccoli cream that I put under my eyes every day because I, I see my dad's eyes. No offense, dad, love your eyes. Um, and they're like so dark. And I, it's funny, like, and I, today I put some right here because I saw like, you know, like the, the wrinkles that you get on the side head. But we're all these, we're jars of clay. We're all gonna, we all fight anxiety. We, we constantly fight within. We have the disease of self-introspection where there's pride, the flesh, the enemy. We're physically limited personally. I don't know about you, but man, I, I can tell when I'm hitting a wall. Anybody know when you hit that wall? And maybe you don't wanna hit the wall. Maybe you're sharing Christ and you hit the wall and you're like, I got nothing left in me. And, and you're just, we're just these jars of clay. Okay, and we're going to emphasize this more next week, but let me tell you this. Jesus loves his jars. He loves them. He made them. He uses his jars of clay. He delights in giving them the kingdom. But this passage tells us why it's awesome. Why is it awesome? Because you just said, James, being a jar of clay is awesome. Look at, you look at your Bible. Here's the answer. It, and, it, and it points to the root of our worship. But we have, verse 7, this treasure... In jars of clay, why? To show that their surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That's why it's awesome. You're like, this, is, this just shows the power of God. Listen to what one translation says. But we have this treasure in earthenware jars. Anybody, King James, earthenware? Uh, in order that the extraordinary degree of the power may be from God and not from us. So being a jar of clay full of God's power is awesome because you're not an ordinary Christian. You have his power, his spirit in you. You have the gospel power. Your jar of clay can be destroyed and the power is not. You're being renewed day by day as we're gonna see next week. But let me just remind you of Jesus's last words. If you're like, hey, Jesus, what's really important for us to hear? Here's what he says. Look at Acts 1.8. But you will receive power, power. And in our verse, so that the power may belong to God. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will, what do we need power for? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in, this, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Acts 4, 33, Luke gives us more. And here's what he says. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This is how we know he's alive. So this 
power within us, the jars of clay, the power to get the gospel out, let the light out, is the power of God. We witness to the gospel. We give testimony to a living Savior, to the present resurrection of, of life of Jesus. And, and that, that treasure is a powerful one. And no matter what, how de- no matter how delicate your jar of clay is, you have power. Okay? You do. The power is unleashed by the power of God. Being a jar of clay full of God's power is awesome. It really is awesome. But it's a power. Let me, let me just really anchor us in this passage here. It's a power. Uh, and, and there's a paradox here. It's, God's power is revealed in the suffering of those he's called into ministry. Uh, and Jesus is clear about this. It's funny. It's, it's usually in the face of the persecution and pain that God's power comes in and Jesus says in John 15 20 he says remember the word that I said to you a servant is no greater than his master if they persecuted me they will also persecute you in in first Peter 4 we read this beloved like loved by God do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it when it comes upon you to test you to purify you, to make you more like Jesus, to bring his presence in, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. See, the jars of clay is jars that in context is in the path of following Jesus and doing what he did. We're going to look a lot like what Jesus says, if they persecute you, they will, if they persecute me, they will persecute you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Which takes us into the second part of this sermon. So so if that's, you know, we, we are just these jars of clay. Number two, what will mark a ministry of power? Let me put it this way. Okay, these words are very important. What will mark a kingdom joining participant in sharing and showing and testifying in being a yielded vessel what will mark a a a minister a man or woman who's being a yielded vessel that says father i have a free hand to do what you want the context is that we are joining god in his kingdom the context is that when we are when we are magnifying christ with our lives were to have this type of power in the face of this kind of hardship. Well, let's look at it. Paul is four. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Just like always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Um, okay, so we're going to sit in this for a little bit. I want to slow down together, and I want to ask the Father now to um, come and bring his illuminating grace over your life. And so, Father, as we walk through these, would you just specifically enter into places that you want to reveal your great 
love, your great comfort, your great with usness. In Jesus' name. So, first, he says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Uh, some in the world of Christianity will say, uh, We can be affliction free. Uh, you know, like, uh, the goal is God never wants you to, to go through pain. And uh, it's never God's will that you face affliction. Okay? And no. No. That's not what this passage, is, this passage says. The NIV translates, if uh, we are hard-pressed on every side, the, the pressures which press down and impinge on Paul because he is a follower of Jesus is a real experience. Right? You and I are not alone. Okay, students, if you're watching, you're not alone. That pressure that's pressing down, seniors, you're not alone. Now, let me say this. It is true, okay, having, having this treasure within us, he's renewing us. We, we have his healing presence, forgiving presence, righteousness, and peace within us. Of course, there's relief, there's hope. That's what, you know, the whole but not crushed is all about. He, he, he even said last week, we do not lose heart. So that's true. But that's not true from the absence of being hard-pressed. Don't confuse this is really important. Don't confuse or allow the enemy to accuse you or say, uh, hey, hey, this, this pressure is pretty intense. You must not be doing what God wants you to do. Um, th- this suffering could be your fault. And you just got to, you just, you, remember, you can just tell the enemy of your soul. <laughs> My father takes all the complaints. Uh, but, you know, just tell him, hey, there's a book that, Jesus who beat you on the cross wrote and as I'm joining in the kingdom I'm going to feel this like I'm actually supposed to experience this but my father's rest is in the power of the treasure it's in the presence of God being with me where there is power we're not crushed we're not crushed I don't know what pressures you're feeling um, I, re- I found this really to be life-giving about a few months ago I was reading uh, Corey Ten Boom, and she writes in her devotional titled Our Hands in His. She says, Sometimes the responsibility of all my work has burdened me. Same idea, pressure. Sometimes the responsibility of all my work has burdened me. There's so much to do, and we all understand that we must redeem the time because the days are evil. What joy that we may and must surrender everything. When I talked over my concern with the Lord, he showed me an empty suitcase. He said, you possess nothing. Right? The surpassing power belongs to God. You possess nothing. You have surrendered all, so you have no responsibilities at all. I carry all responsibilities. You are only my steward. She writes, what joy came into my heart. I prayed, oh, Lord, let me see you a moment. Look at your hand, he said. And I saw that my hand was in another hand. That hand was pierced. It was Jesus' hand. I never before understood what surrender meant. Our weak hand in Jesus' strong hand. Jars of clay in the power of God, in the treasure 
let me ask you this. What, what pressures or afflictions are pressing down on you today? What are they? You don't have to tell me. I want you to think about them. Then I want you to hear me from the Father say, they won't crush you. Like, you won't be crushed. Okay, would you do me a favor? If, if, um, if that's for you, would you just receive that? Sometimes we hear truth, but we don't receive it. So will you just say in your heart right now with the Father, even as you do, just picture your hand on Jesus' hand. Just say the verse, afflicted in every way but not crushed. Just tell that to the Lord. I receive, not crushed. He goes on, we are perplexed. Uh, This means a feeling of being cornered. Uh, Have you ever seen a cornered animal? Philip Hughes translates this, confused but not confounded. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like, I, I am so perplexed. I don't know what's going on. Uh, th- th- this ministry moment feels bewildering. Like, you know, I feel like I just can't win. Like, I just, there's so much misunderstanding. There's so much closing doors. I don't understand why there's so much confusion. Have you ever been there? Man, this has been my life for the last few months. Just like another door. Like I, w- I would get probably every two to three weeks a different phone call being like, hey, we got a church for, you know, this church is, look at this church is saying, come look, and then door shut, door shut, door. I'm like, what is he doing? And then there's just, there's so much going on. Have you ever felt like what is going on, but at the same time held? Like just held. Think about it. That's not you. That's the Holy Spirit within you. That's this verse, perplexed but not driven to despair, right? It's like, shouldn't you feel despair? Uh, I should, but I actually have a lot of hope. That's the Holy Spirit, right? I'm, I'm, people, you know, uh, when people ask me, how are you doing? I, I often say, I feel very perplexed, but I feel really held. Like, I feel this dynamic of peace within me. And, um, and I just, yeah. The, the kind of with me-ness of God, I know it's not a word, is the treasure that's within. Um, now let me say this. Please don't hear if you have had moments where despair uh, has just come over you. Uh, do, don't hear this like not driven to despair as, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Don't listen to the accuser. Uh, Jesus had nights of despair where his his whole face was sweating blood. Uh, Paul said earlier in the letter, we were driven to despair, but this was not to make us rely on ourselves, but on God. And so um, the difference is you're not left there for long, forever. Uh, this too shall, but there's, there's never, an, you're never gonna be in a hopelessness forever. And if you are feeling hopeless and there's a perplexity on your life, uh, I felt like I wanted to ask you, would you email me this week? I will uh, call you, and I want to pray for you. Um, this treasure in jar of clay is enough. Next, he says, persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, 
but not destroyed. Or as one translator put it, knocked down, but not knocked out. Uh, Under attack for Jesus, marginalized, made fun of, uh, discounted. You you, you lose any promotion, you don't even get the job. Um, You know, for Paul and many Christians around the world today, this is physical and this is brutal, and this is beatings, and, and they're hit with rods, and their churches are still being burnt to the ground. Uh, today, in God's providence, is actually uh, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And so we're going to pray together. Around the world, more than 130 countries, 130 countries are standing together in prayer with more than 260 million Christians that are suffering and being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. 260 million Christians experience this text. Uh, This week in France, three people were killed in a church. One was a mother, and she was beheaded. This week, I don't know what you did on Wednesday or on Tuesday, but, but this week, some people saw their mom get their head cut off. On Wednesday of this week, a report from field workers in Colombia shared that a paramilitary group closed 60 churches in northern Colombia. Often, many of them just burnt or... I don't know how they were all closed. Also on Wednesday, a young woman, Anna, was poisoned by her family for her decision to follow and identify with Jesus. They're like, you just, there's stories after stories, threats of being kicked out um, because they love to go to church. They love to read their Bible and they love to follow Jesus. One story in Laos, this is north of Thailand, a 20-year-old named Sei Wang. Actually, we have a picture of her. Um, she had just became a Christian in June, she was on her way to church. Uh, her husband didn't know that she was going to church. And so he followed her one Sunday and he found out about her new faith and with, uh, in front of all the church, uh, berated her and then hit her. She refused to leave because she deeply wanted to worship Jesus that day. A few weeks later, Say got up early to attend a Christian seminar, and she was surprised when her husband handed her a bag with her clothes in it. He told her she could go to the seminar, but could not return home. He also told her that if she continued to go to church, he would beat her. Say was not scared, however, and after the pastor leading the conference shared on suffering from 1 Peter 4, she stood up and he gave, she gave her testimony. That was all just this week. And so they're asking that we pray Uh, for her husband to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So we should, we're going to pray together. Um, By the way, if you go to this website, icommittopray.com, it's just a feed from the persecuted church every week of how you can pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who are being persecuted. Uh, They're asking today that we pray for these three countries. Um, And so we're going to take right now just about a minute, maybe two minutes, and just, let's just, you know, if you feel comfortable, you can keep your mask off, but will you just stand? And let's stand together with the persecuted church, and let's pray for the missionaries in Nigeria, for the gospel work in Yemen and Bangladesh, 
and uh, maybe just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit how he wants you to pray for these countries. Uh, please pray for C's husband, and then we'll keep going. But you can stand and we'll pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as you look at this passage, there's, um, if you study your Bible, you know, like one of the things in a good key in studying is look for repeated words. One of the most repeated words is the but not. And I, I just, you know, this implies journey. It's not like this, mat, it's not like this miraculous, like, if you get this, you won't get this right away. There, there's a journey. There's space between that. Um, in, in the middle of the persecution, there's a journey with the Lord um, where, where you're not abandoned, where he's present. You're, you're struck down, but there's a journey in the valley, right? There's a shaping, a more of seeing his face, more prayer, more pressing in when you lose everything. Uh, the, the but not implies intimacy. It's it's in the perplexity that he's there. It's, it's in the I don't get what's going on where there's a journeying with the treasure of Christ, the, the participation in the spirit. That's what Paul says in Philippians 1. If there's, uh, in Philippians 2, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any participation in the spirit, the very being in the difficulty uh, is when you see him even more so clearly. It's in the but not that you carry in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus would be made manifest. There's space in that. There's space of God being present to them and, and, um, and where, where his healing words come and his guidance comes. And let me show you this biblically as well. So in Acts 23, 11, this, this won't be on the screen, but uh, after an intense confrontation and trial we read this and when the dissension became violent the tribune afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them like it just that's violent commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks 
Listen to this. The following night, the Lord stood by him. That's the but not. He's there, present within you, the treasure in jars of clay. He says, take courage. He spoke to him. Which takes us into number three. How do we, how do we embrace death in us so life in them? Okay, look, look at, take your beautiful eyes and look at verse 12. He says this, so death is at work in us, but life in you. Now, we all have to just, you know, we all have different contexts. Uh, that's going to look different depending on where you're at and, and who you're ministering to and where, where God's leading you and, um, you know, what, what's, but, but here's the thing. Do not miss the attitudinal way of your heart. Let me ask you this question. What would it look like to be always giving over for, always in danger of death, always in danger of embarrassment, always in danger of, of, of breaking down that pride, whatever it's going to cause, always in danger because we are serving Jesus so that his life can be shown through us. Like, well, you know, even think about your own marriage or your own relationships. What would it look like so death in us, so life in her, so Jesus' life would be manifested in my dying? Think, think about this in, in, in your witness. Think about this as we're called to when we embrace, you know, the way of the kingdom. Um, his life really does come through you when, when we live in this way. Like people look into our sacrificial loving and giving ourselves to Christ and go, that's what I want. When I saw how you went through that trial with Jesus, man, something about Jesus just started a fire in me. There was like a power the way you went through that perplexity or the way you went through that and you weren't crushed and you weren't beaten down and, and that makes Christ, like I want to know this God. This is how the, the life of Jesus, no matter what it costs, comes out. Paul's point is that his sufferings are not merely coincidental, but are a part of the divine plan for the spread of the gospel. Like we are called to live in risk at the cost of death if it results in others seeing Jesus Christ. Amen? Thank you. Amen. So what would it look like to always be given over, always in danger of death because we are serving so that his life can be shown through us? Let me say this way. Whenever you get, whenever you have a kind of life where all risk is taken out, I don't think you've, I don't think you're living in the kingdom. The kingdom takes risk. Right, you know, I don't have this on the screen either, but I'm going to end on this passage. It says this, in Acts 15, 26 to 27, it had seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men, who have, men and women who have risked their lives uh, the King James, if you love the King James, says men that have hazarded, hazarded their lives. Um, uh, so I've been, you know, I just, I always, I always, I can't preach without like actually 
wanting Jesus to do this with me and in me. And so this week, I'm just like, I'm going to take any risk, no matter how embarrassed. Um, and uh, so it was Friday, which is like my sermon, you know, finishing up my sermon prep day. I take Thursdays off. And, um, and I was driving to go work, drop my wife and kids off at work and school. And I hear the Spirit say, why don't you come and pray with me? And I was like, oh, I don't have time. Like, but I was like, I can't say that. You know, and you always do that. Is that my voice or his? But then I'm like, you know, no, 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 risk, risk. So I drive, turn around, pull over, go to the forest where I always pray. And uh, I'm like, all right, so what do you want to talk about? Like, let's do this. I love you. I'm, you know. And uh, so I'm going up the path, and I see this gentleman uh, and I hear the Spirit say, pray with him. I'm like, oh, man, this is what we're doing. I was like, okay, 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 okay. So I'm like, hi, how you doing? He's like, oh, good, beautiful day. I was like, it's such a beautiful day. And I'm just praying and thinking, like, I don't know how to start praying with him. And, uh, and I just, I, I, I'm trying to remember all the conversation, but I just said to him, like, you know, isn't it amazing how crisp and beautiful and glorious and how blessed we are to be here. He's like, oh, yeah, we're so blessed. And I was like, yes, okay, we're moving closer. And, uh, and so somehow he brought up, I don't know, sorry, this was into my notes. Somehow he brought up, uh, no, I said, I just, I just went for it. I said, hey, listen, I'm a Christian. And so when I see this, it just, it just, I'm up here to just meet with Jesus. And he's like, Oh, he's like, I read a parable of, of uh, the four seeds. And I was like, oh, he's like, I'm a Buddhist. And I was like, oh, that's in your thing? Uh, <clears throat> no, you know, so we, so we talk about it a little bit. And I said, hey, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? He's like, yes. So, so just we got to pray together. And so then I'm like, so then I keep going. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So then I'm walking. And then these two uh, ladies walk by. And I hear the word arthritis in my head. I'm like, no. And so I'm like, I'm not doing that because that just takes way too much risk and I want to risk. So I just keep going. And then, and then, you know, I don't know if you get this, but like sometimes the spirit will give me a heart race. Like, and I'll be like, ah, okay. And I asked him, do you want me to just see if they have arthritis and pray for them? Yes. So I'm like, hey, excuse me. They turn around like, you know, this, you know, I said, this is going to sound really, really weird, but I want you to know that uh, when you walked by me, I heard the word arthritis. Do any of you have arthritis? I would like to pray for you. And the lady goes, oh, I think it's starting in my thumb. And she's like, but, she stared at me. She's like, can you please pray for my husband, Michael? He has a heart failure. And I was like, I'd love to. And so I just got to pray with her. And in my prayer, both prayers, I'm, I'm sharing the gospel. And I'm asking that the love of the Father would just come on her and over her husband, I'm praying that he would encounter a healing grace a miracle. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, I, I, I walk down that. I'm like, that's just risk. That's, that's really embarrassing. You know, so then I then I'd run this errand, and I'm, I'm going to drop off clothes at Salvation Army. And, uh, but the whole day, so here's, here's what I want you to hear. The posture of my heart that day was, I'll risk as you lead. I'll risk, and I'm listening. 
If we don't go into our day with the expectation that we're a part of the kingdom of God, willing, listen, listen, willing to risk, we're not going to encounter this. So uh, I'm dropping off my clothes at Salvation Army, and I just drop it off, and I say thank you, and I hear his right shoulder hurts. And I'm like, that's just my brain. That's my brain. That's not God. Who? So I'm like, nope, this is my, my whole sermon's about this. So I'm like, excuse me, sir. And I got my mask on too. And I was like, does your shoulder hurt? He's like, yes. I was like, can I pray for him? I'm like, I'm just doing this all day. Can I pray for you? Yes. I've just got to pray for the Salvation Army guy. I, I tell you those stories not to like boast, but I'm telling you uh, that, that, that it seemed good to us having come to one accord to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives. Um, it does take risk to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And I, and I know um, you will not, some of them times you will be perplexed as you follow him in the kingdom. You will be persecuted. You will have affliction. But it's worth it. Because why? The power won't be you. You'll get to see the power of God. Right? How many of us want to see more of the power of God? Anyone? Raise your hand if you want to see more of the power of God. Yeah. So let me pray. So, Father, we just, I just thank you for this time. And I, I just pray that we would, by your spirit, in these jars of clay, so that the surpassing glory would go and belong, and the power would belong to you. May we, as we enter into the kingdom of God every day with you, be those men and women who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to get the light of Christ out, to trust and listen, to abide in and with your spirit. And may we, Lord, uh, by your spirit, um, have this attitudinal heart, no matter how much the cost, no matter how much the loss, if it is life, if it's the life of Jesus and others, we do it. And so I ask for just an, an anointing of your power on us this week. Anoint the persecuted church all over the globe with this passage. And we glorify you for the surpassing worth that belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand as we uh, sing? We're going to sing one song. Um, in Christ alone, and then John will lead us into a time of communion uh, where we celebrate the Lord's Supper, and then we'll sing two more songs, and then I'll come and close our time together.